I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, part of the 90 Min Football Network. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simiu, and on this edition of the show, I'm going to be having a little bit of a rant. A little bit of a rant towards the FA, uh, a little bit of a rant about the FA's treatment specifically of Arsenal's football, uh, Arsenal's football club, Arsenal football club recently, because I think it's weird. It's strange. It feels like there's a bit of a, a witch hunt going on. Um, and yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's one of those things that's getting under my skin. It's one of those things that's annoying me. It's one of those things that's frustrating me. It's something that I have to talk about. It's something that I feel I need to get off of my chest. And I know a lot of Arsenal fans out there are feeling the same. Uh, big hello to everybody in the live chat. Hope you're good. Hope you're well. Thank you for joining me. As always, getting plenty of heat for the fact that started the show a few minutes late. Yeah, 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 yeah. We know. Obviously, you lot haven't been around many Greek people because you will know that we're always late if you have. <laughs> it's just the way it goes. All right. We always, as I say, we always set the stream for a few minutes earlier than we're actually going to go live just so that people get that notification in time. And then the comments start. Look, where is it? Harry, where are you, bro? Temi, come on. Relax, guys. We'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, let's say some hellos to those of you in the chat. Let's say hello to uh, Peeny Ween. Let's say hello. That name always makes me laugh on it. Um, Delisu says, brace yourself for the timekeeping comments, Harry. Yep, I'm used to it now. Um, Junior says, good afternoon, Harry. Your content is worth waiting for. Thank you so, so much. Uh, what else have we got uh, in the chat box? Perez says, Harry, tell them. Uh, that lot are a joke. Uh, what else have we got? Um, Clock in Seb says, FA, let's dig into Arsenal to ruffle the feathers before they take on our diving poster boy. <laughs> Love that. Um, what else have we got? Peanut butter jelly time says, the FA are clowns. Will they apply their same logic with other teams? I wonder. I think we all know the answer to that. Osman Ali says, the fan base needs to come together and petition. Protest outside the FA headquarters Something needs to be done. Um, Robert says, us old school are used to this anti-stuff. That's why we are the Arsenal. Uh, Yorgos says, FA has an agenda against us. And Kun says, it's midnight here, by the way. Thank you for joining me. That's such an ungodly hour. Really, really do appreciate it. Look, it was a short intro at the start um, because I don't see the point in, in trying to dance around this subject. I don't see the point in trying to pretend that this isn't an issue. I don't see the fact that I, I don't understand why some people don't want to speak out about this, why some Arsenal fans look at it and go, well, you know, actually some of our players, you know, they did overstep the mark a little bit. I've seen some of that on Twitter, believe it or not, not much granted, but I have seen a bit of it. This anti-Arsenal stuff, this agenda towards the Arsenal, this issue that the FA seem to have with Arsenal, whereby they punish us for stuff that other clubs get away with on a weekly basis, as Robert rightly points out, has been going on for years. Now, I wouldn't class myself as old school. Um, I'm, I'm still in my early 30s. Maybe I'm not quite old school, but obviously I started following Arsenal around about the time that Arsene Wenger took over. I've seen all the videos. I've, um, you know, watched 
sort of season reviews of, of, you know, previous seasons to that. I remember when I was growing up, my dad had a, a sort of a, a VCR, obviously, at home, and he had uh, the 89, 88-89 uh, season on tape, the full season review, where there was highlights from every single game. He had the 90-91 one as well, when Arsenal, uh, of course, won the championship, and lots of other ones as well. And I cannot tell you how many times I sat and watched those. The 1979 FA Cup final, I watched them over and over again as a kid when I was growing up. And obviously, the example I'm going to come up with, going back to the early 90s, uh, the very early 90s was the uh, the brawl at Old Trafford. Arsenal end up getting uh, severely punished for that, far more severely punished than Manchester United. And then obviously when Arsene Wenger took over, that shit continued basically. And it, it went on, um, I think, throughout the majority of, of Arsene Wenger's tenure, uh, whereby an Arsenal player would overstep the mark. And look, nobody's saying that we're innocent and, and we never do anything wrong. Every club, does this what frustrates me is not the punishment it's not the fa actually taking action because i think if they don't make an example out of anybody then this will never go away this will always be a problem in football what frustrates me is that the threshold with regards to what arsenal can get away with in comparison to other clubs is just totally inconsistent and it drives me around the bend so what do you, what am i talking about today what am i ranting about well obviously uh, we've had a little bit of a go uh, about some, you know, some stuff in the, the last few weeks. You know, we've talked about some of the issues, you know, Arsenal being charged, uh, et cetera, et cetera, um, already in, in recent times. And now we've got another one to talk about because to my shock and to my surprise and actually to my disgust, actually, if I'm being completely honest, earlier today, uh, I came across a post and confirmation that Arsenal have been charged again. Let me read it to you. Let me show you this absolute nonsense. So uh, it was out on social media uh, from the FA spokesperson account. Regulation and discipline update. Arsenal FC have been charged with breaching FA rule E20.1 during its tie against Oxford United FC in the FA Cup on Monday the, 20th, Monday the 9th of January 2023. It's alleged that Arsenal FC failed to ensure its players conducted themselves in an orderly fashion during the 34th minute. And the club has until Monday, the 16th of January, 2023, to respond. So what are they referring to? What's the incident that has led to these protests that obviously overstepped the mark and have got somebody somewhere in an office feeling precious to the point where they want to take disciplinary action against our football club again. They're referring to the penalty appeal that Arsenal had in the first half against Oxford United. That was as clear a penalty as you'll ever see. Okay, it's a shot towards goal, blocked by the arm of a defender right in front of the referee. He doesn't give it. He waves it away. He completely ignores the incident. And obviously, because the game was played at Oxford United's Kassam Stadium, there was no VAR in place, right? So there was zero chance of anybody going back, looking at it, correcting it. That's as clear a penalty kick as you'll probably ever see. And often when you look at football players and you look at their reactions, there are players that appeal for everything. There are players that push those boundaries. There are players who are experts in, you know, trying to persuade referees to take certain decisions or trying to influence referees 
into taking certain decisions. But quite a lot of the time, if you watch the reaction, um, you can you can tell if someone's trying to buy something or not. A lot of the time when you look at the initial reaction with, you know, without sort of giving it any time to breathe, the, the instant reaction of players, I think, in and around incidents like that can tell you a lot as a referee. And I think referees need to be better at reading those reactions and understanding whether they're genuine reactions coming from a genuine place or if it's somebody trying it on. And when you look at that incident, I know a lot of people say, look, um, Brennan says it in the chat. He says, I love you, Harry, but not a pen for me. Arm was in a natural position to support him going to ground. Agree with everything else, though. I agree that he's not intended to handball it. I agree with that. But didn't we hear at the start of the season that if an arm prevented the ball going towards goal, that there would be action taken? Wasn't that the directive that was pushed out? Wasn't that the narrative? Um, wasn't that what referees were telling us or the PGMOL were telling us was going to be the case? That's what I thought. Um, that's what I thought, you know, that I thought that that was the way it was going to go from now on. And obviously it isn't going to go that way. With regards to the referee himself, I thought he got it wrong, but I'm not going to crucify him for it. As I say, there's no VAR. There's no opportunity to correct that. If he hasn't seen it, he hasn't seen it. It is what it is. What pisses me off is the retrospective punishment that now follows on from appeals that were genuine, appeals that were with good foundation. And ultimately, I don't think Arsenal overstepped any line in their their protest. I don't think Arsenal crossed any line in the way they, you know, questioned the referee and asked the referee for an explanation as to why that penalty kick hadn't been awarded. We often see players crowd round referees. It's one of those things in football that everybody sort of frowns upon and everybody moans about and everybody complains about and everybody says is bang out of order, bang out of line. There's a difference between a group of players surrounding a referee to ask him a question and a group of players aggressively being in a referee's face. Not a single Arsenal player, I've watched it back this afternoon, not a single Arsenal player gives any sign of aggression. Not a single Arsenal player pushes too hard, in my opinion. They're simply asking the question. And one of the things you get on a football pitch is you get a, an atmosphere. There's an atmosphere in the stadium, right? A lot of the time you will gesture with your hands, with your arms to try and get your point across. A lot of these players, English is not their first language and they need the, to gesture and they need to gesticulate to get their point across. It's not an issue. It ain't an issue. It, it really isn't. And for, for us to be in a place now where uh, we're talking about Arsenal potentially uh, being in hot water over this is is absolute madness. If I were in charge of Arsenal Football Club, obviously I'm not. Some would say that's for the best. But if I were in charge of, of Arsenal Football Club, if I were in charge of the editorial output, I would say to all of my people, stop what you're doing. Forget this bit of content. Forget that bit of content that's going out this week. What I want you to do is go back through the last weekend's Premier League games because I'm sure it happened um, or the last round of Premier League games, because this goes on all the bloody time. And I want you to highlight footage of pretty much every team in the Premier League doing the same thing in similar situations and under similar circumstances. And I would go and I would show that to the FA. That would be my response. You got Monday the 16th, uh, Monday the 16th of January is the deadline. It's plenty of time because it happens every week. It isn't that difficult to find. So why are Arsenal being punished 
Why does everybody else get away with it? It's not fair. And the fact that we are in this position where, you know, people are trying to bring us down. People are looking at Arsenal and, and are trying to find a way to discredit us. You know, we're top of the Premier League. We're absolutely flying at the moment. We've got a, a really interesting run of games coming up that, given our current form, we should be excited by, not fearful of, we should be excited by it. People want to tear us down. You know, we got held to a draw by a very good, spirited Newcastle United side who managed to nullify us for large periods. And instead of talking about how well Newcastle did in terms of their defensive shape or how maybe in previous years Arsenal would have lost that game, the press, the media spent the entire week moaning about Mikel Arteta throwing his arms up in the air, asking for a penalty kick. When people pick on us, when people try to bring us down, when people constantly talk about us, when people run agendas around us, it's because we're ruffling feathers. It's because we are successful. It's because we are in a position where people now fear us again as a football club. Mikel Arteta has brought that back to us. That fire, that passion, don't let it burn out. If we win the Premier League, but we get 15 of these FA regulation and disciplinary updates that then subsequently lead into charges over the course of the campaign, who cares? I bet Josh Kroenke won't care. I bet Mikel Arteta won't care. We've had this for a while. We've had it for years. It seemed to fade away a little bit when maybe our relevance did too as a, as a football powerhouse. But now that we're dining at the top table, now that we're back in contention for the big prize, it seems as though people are very, very um, desperate, essentially, to bring us down. You know, th that passion that we show, the passion that Mikel Arteta shows, that he talks about transmitting onto his players, that the crowd sort of feed off and live and breathe off and, and as a consequence of improved dramatically, that's a part of why we've progressed. Don't let that go. Don't let a regulation and discipline update from the FA put you off of that. Don't, because what we're doing now, it's working. They're rattled and they're trying to bring us down. And this, for me, is, is, is as ridiculous as they come. I've looked at other Arsenal charges in the past, right, where we've been involved in incidents and then obviously there's been some action taken. And I've gone, OK, look, I... I don't agree with charging Arsenal because it happens quite a bit and it happens to a lot of teams. Uh, a lot of teams get sucked in and involved into those moments and then seem to get away with it. But when it's us, there seems to be a straight up punishment. But I can look at some of those examples and say, OK, even if I disagree, I can understand why the Football Association don't want this to happen. I can understand why they feel like they need to make a bit of a point about it. I get it. Sometimes I do. But this time, I genuinely don't. This time, this specific example confuses me because not a single person in the press box on Monday night at the Kassam Stadium raised any concern or even commented on the reaction of those Arsenal players. Most of the people in the press box had the game playing on their phones, tablets, laptops, whatever, on ITV player and were watching it back and looked at it and went, yeah, you know what? I think that's a penalty kick. The appeals were stronger than they would be in some circumstances because they had a genuine case. And also, maybe what influences it is the fact that there, you know there's no VAR. So when there's VAR, maybe your appeal is going to be 
less aggressive or aggressive isn't even the right word. Maybe your appeal is going to be less strong because you know that you've got that safety net. You know that there's somebody else in the background looking at this and therefore there's a chance that it gets picked up. But when you're relying on an on-field referee solely, you're going to feel a desperate need to get your point across. You're going to feel like with every sort of split second, he's not putting the whistle to his mouth and pointing that your chances of getting justice are fading away. And so you do become a little bit stronger in the way that you appeal. But it's certainly not worthy of an FA charge. What we saw from those Arsenal players wasn't a disgrace. It wasn't overstepping the mark. It was a passionate, strong appeal for a penalty kick that, let's be honest, they should have been awarded. So to see Arsenal back on on the on the FA's hit list so soon after the last time, based on an incident that really was nothing of significance, is is frustrating to say the least. It is really, really frustrating. Really, really is. Anyway, let's get some of your thoughts on that. What do you guys think? Do you agree with me? Do you disagree with me? Do you think that the FA have jumped the gun a little bit here? Do you feel like the FA are much more willing to kind of pull the trigger on these types of things when it comes to Arsenal and certain other clubs? I'm not saying it's only Arsenal. Uh, there are clubs that tend to get um, favoured. And I'm not saying that there's deliberate cheating going on, but there is a bit of an unconscious bias, I think, that some people have. And and a lot of that unconscious bias is fueled by media narratives and fueled by the way certain clubs are reported on in comparison to the way others are. For example, if you've spent the entire week as a, as as the media or as a media outlet hammering Mikel Arteta and making a mountain out of a molehill about his passionate appeals on the touchline, that creates an unconscious bias that the referee takes with him into his next game because he's he's read all the headlines. He's read all the stories. You've planted the seed in his mind. You've planted a seed that doesn't really belong there. You've not planted a seed. You've planted a weed that doesn't need to be there. And that is why I was so passionate and annoyed and disappointed about the way things uh, concerning Mikel Arteta were reported on last week. And, and, you know, now Arsenal are getting his reputation again as bad boys. And this is going to follow us around now. And it's ridiculous. It's already following us around. Madness. Absolute madness. Anyways, quick, quick reminder before we continue, uh, we'll take a few questions uh, from you guys to so start getting them in the chat box. Just a brief episode today. Um, not an awful lot of transfer news to discuss or transfer updates. It's pretty much as you were on that front. Uh, but do get your questions in and I will take as many of them as I possibly can in the allotted time. Just a quick reminder, if you haven't done so already, there's over uh, 250 of you with me right now. I've only got 59 likes on the board. Let's get that up to 100, um, please. It really, really does help. I really, really do appreciate the support. While I'm waiting for you guys to get a few of your questions in, I just want to bring you guys uh, is attention to the uh, latest bit of premium content over on the Another Slice platform. So I promised you guys that I'd do a discussion about Zinchenko and Kieran Tierney, and here it is in all its glory. Has Zinchenko's arrival highlighted Kieran Tierney's limitations? That's the title of the piece, and it is a breakdown of my thoughts and opinions on the Kieran Tierney slash Alexander Zinchenko comparison. We all thought that Kieran Tierney was brilliant when he first came in. Some refer to him as the next Ashley Cole. 
Some looked at him and thought he would be the one that would make that position his own at Arsenal Football Club for the next decade. But it hasn't really worked out like that. And when Alexander Zinchenko was signed, some thought that he'd go into midfield, but instead he's coming at left back and he has changed the way that I look at the left back position. He has revolutionised playing fullback. He's he's done an incredible job. I'm so, so happy uh, with his contribution so far. A few injury problems along the way, of course. Um, and, and obviously they are different players, right? Is it that one's better suited to the system and one's not? We go, we go into all of that. We discuss all of that. We break all of that down. But what we do as well is go into the statistical side of it. Shouldn't be the be on end all stats, but they should be something that help you form your opinion. And that's what I've used them for. We've we've broken it down. We've discussed some of the statistics. And I promise you, some of those statistics are going to shock you. So that's the latest bit of premium content available to our Another Slice subscribers. If you want to sign up, all you need to do is head over uh, to the link in the description, www.anotherslice.com slash Chronicles of Aguna. Create an account on the website. Subscribe to the Chronicles of Aguna on the website, and then you can download the app, log in, and you'll have all our premium content at your fingertips, as well as all the free stuff as well. Uh, with every donation that we get, with every uh, membership that we get, we are supporting the Great Ormond Street Children's Hospital. We'll be making donations to them as well. Uh, and of course, the rest of it will be reinvested in the podcast to get you more guests, more shows out and hopefully improve the content as we continue to move forward. So thank you to those that already signed up. I really, really do appreciate it. Check out this piece. Let me know what you think about it. And um, and there'll be another one dropping very, very soon. Okay, let's go over to the live comments. What are you guys saying? Uh, let's take this one from Peanut Butter Jelly Time. When Kane gets his standard penalty on Sunday, which, yeah, he will, uh, let's see if Spurs get charged for moaning to the ref. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, Moss highlights, because we're recording this at 7.30pm on Thursday night, so just before Chelsea's trip to Fulham gets underway. Uh, Moss says, uh, Joao Felix is starting today, Harry, of course, for Chelsea. Where is the Mudrick? Listen, I, I've said it already. I don't really have any further information on Mikhailo Mudrick. He's travelled to Turkey with the Shakhtar Donetsk side for their training camp. He's very much a part of their group and of their squad at the moment, despite all the Instagram posts, despite all the flirting with Arsenal Football Club, he's at no point thrown his toys out of the pram or refused to be involved at Shakhtar. He's at no point shown a lack of professionalism, at least in that sense. I, I would argue he has shown a bit of a lack of professionalism with some of the social posts and all of that, depending on how you view that. But in terms of being a professional on the pitch, he, he continues to, to train and he continues to work hard. You've got to remember as well that Mikhailo Mudrik is, is with the Ukrainian side at the moment who are not in season. So if he does get that move to Arsenal, he wants to be as fit and as ready as he possibly can. And I would argue that because it's off season, he won't be at his peak condition. But the closer he gets to that, the shorter the, the length of time between if he does sign uh, his arrival and his first contribution. So, yeah, um, no news on that front, though. Nothing at the moment. Talks are still ongoing. They continue. Okay, let's take uh, a little um, 
a little look through the chat box. Uh, Peeny Ween says, despite all the drama, isn't it just bloody great this season being a gooner? It absolutely is. It absolutely is. And one of the things that used to spur us on as a football club, and one of the things I think that united us as a fan base was that was this kind of stuff. So you can charge us all you like. You can be unfair in the way that you hand out these charges in the way that you, uh, you know, come to come to pass them. But at the end of the day, the us against the world mentality that we had in Wenger's heyday was a massive part of why we were so successful. And it was a massive part of why Arsenal fans were so together in the subsequent period when things took a little bit of a turn for the worse. There then became divisions within the football club, within the fan base around what the best way forward was. And then as that went on, people, I think, sort of started to look away from that sort of, you know, that that kind of tribal mentality and culture that we all had because they were arguing amongst themselves. And that weakened us as a football club. It damaged the atmosphere within the stadium. If you've got groups of supporters pulling in different directions, it isn't helpful. But to be where we are now, to have been united by obviously progress on the pitch, but now... You know, these things happen, they do. And and when they do, they're unfair at times. And, and this one certainly is unfair. But Mikel Arteta has to use this. You have to take this and you have to feed it into the maintenance of your siege mentality. That's what Arsene Wenger used to do. That's what Jose Mourinho essentially made a career out of doing. That's what so many top managers have done over the past. Yes, it's frustrating. Yes, it's annoying. Yes, you're going to ask questions of the Football Association. And... and Arsenal should absolutely be responding to this. But let's see if we can take the only positive out of it, which is we can use it as fuel to feed into that siege mentality machine uh, that Mikel Arteta's got going on there. So, yeah, that's the way I look at it. Uh, Okay, let me try and take um, one more. Um, What else have we got? Uh, Rob Red says, do I know what the holdup is um, with Mikhail Modric? Well, we know that Arsenal and Shakhtar haven't agreed a fee. It's as simple as that. We know that financially the two are not singing from the same page at the moment. Will they get there? Will they be able to bridge that gap between now and the end of the window? I think they will. At this moment in time, you know, there's still a fair amount of the window remaining and neither side is willing to budge. We keep hearing that the structure of the deal is the, the really important bit, the bit that is going to, you know, essentially get this over the line. I don't think the overall packages that Arsenal have offered have been um, have been too far off the mark. I know that Shakhtar say one thing publicly, but based on what we think they'll accept privately, I don't think the overall packages that Arsenal have sort of, uh, you know, proposed have been a million miles away. What it is, is that the upfront fee, the upfront percentage that Shakhtar want so that they can, I guess, go about their businesses it is where Arsenal are, are falling short at the moment. Uh, Alex says, in your opinion, who is Arsenal's most important player of the second half of the season? I'd probably say Thomas Partey because he's the one for me that is irreplaceable uh, at the moment. There is nobody in the squad that's even remotely capable of playing the role in the way that he does. He is that good. Maybe an alternative, you know, that we haven't seen yet would be Vazinchenko to, to drop in there and Tierney to play at left back. I don't know. Uh, we haven't seen that, but he is the one for me that we just don't have cover for, that we just don't have, um, you know, somebody uh, good enough to to kind of 
to replace him with. I would argue, but Alex, I would argue there's a group of players that are really, really important. So I'll go through the group. The two centre-halves, massive. Ben White, massive. Um, Zinchenko's obviously key, but Tierney's not a bad deputy. You take it into midfield, you know, you need Xhaka, you need Partey, you need Odegaard, you need Saka. Everyone's important. I'm always, I'm almost going to list off the whole starting eleven because, you know, those players are all of huge significance. There are some that we can afford to be without more than others, but ultimately we need to be extremely fortunate with injuries if we're going to go on and challenge for the Premier League title all the way. I want us to um, get back in the Champions League. Once we've achieved that, we'll see where we are and then we can potentially push forward. Uh, Graham 49 says, Harry, how do I become a member of the channel? Uh, in order to access our premium content, Graham, you need to become a member on the Another Slice platform. So if you check out the link in the description, it's anotherslice.com forward slash Chronicles of Aguna. Use the option on the top right hand side of the page to create your account. Then log in with that account. Once you've done that, you'll be able to sign up to the Chronicles of Aguna um, and you will get access to that premium content. Once you've signed in, if you prefer to access it via the app on your phone, you can download the Another Slice app, sign in with your account, and you'll get access there to all our premium stuff. Uh, there's a good few pieces a week dropping now. We've really ramped it up, and we're going to be maintaining that uh, moving forward. So thank you uh, to everybody who has signed up already. I promise you guys are going to enjoy uh, the content. What else have we got here? Uh, Justin, is this second half of the season Emil Smith-Rowe's last chance to impress Arteta? to be in the squad next season. I don't think so, Justin. I think that he has already impressed him. I think that he's one of the players Mikel Arteta really warmed to uh, quite a while ago. You know, if you think back to sort of the start of last season, he would be selected ahead of Gabriel Martinelli. Now, obviously, Martinelli's come on a long way and maybe Mikel Arteta's opinion now on that is different. But Emil Smith-Rowe is someone Mikel Arteta's always believed in. He needed that surgery. He revealed uh, the other day that that issue that he had, that constant problem that, that kept sort of recurring was one that he's had since he was about 18 years old. So, you know, we're now in a place where, um, you know, he's hopefully over that. It will take him time to get back to his best. But I honestly think he's got a big future at Arsenal Football Club. I don't think that he's in the last chance saloon, if that makes sense. OK, let me take um, one more. Uh, Delisu says, uh, Harry, why is it taking us so long to find a deputy for Partey? Apart from our failed attempt at Douglas Luiz, we haven't been linked with anyone else. Look, Delisu, Thomas Partey's, they're very rare. You know, if you think to Pokemon cards, you remember Pokemon cards when people used to have them? There used to be certain cards that were extremely rare, the shinies or whatever they were called. That's what Thomas Partey is. He is a rare you know, a, a rare sort of collector's item. There aren't many of those players. I spoke about him yesterday briefly. I said that he was someone that, you know, had both the defensive and offensive instincts that make him the perfectly rounded midfielder. There are not many footballers that have that nowadays. There are a lot that have very good attacking instincts. There are some that have very good defensive instincts. But to find someone who's very well-rounded is difficult in the modern game. He set the standards so high that Arsenal probably look at a lot of players and don't think that they're worth uh, going out on a limb for. You know, I talk about Elneny, for example. He's got that defensive instinct, but not the offensive one. Uh, you talk about Lokonga. I think he's stuck somewhere in between, but isn't good enough at really at either side of the game to be as effective as Thomas Partey. 
And um, yeah, you know, we're, we're building, we're moving forward. We're, we're looking to improve all the time, but we are a side that know what they want. We, we have a manager and a, a sporting director that knows what they want. And they're not willing to compromise on that. They'll only move for the right players. But when they do find the right players, as we've seen in recent windows, they are willing to drop big amounts of money on them. When that person comes along, when they identify who that man is going to be, I'm pretty sure that Arsenal will go and do it. So for now, we just have to make do with what we got. It is what it is. We move forward, focus switches to the North London derby. But I had to jump on tonight and have a bit of a rant about the FA's treatment of our club because I think it's nothing short of disgusting. And I don't say it's disgusting because of any other reason outside of the fact that there's a real inconsistency in the way this this stuff is applied. And, and that drives me mad. We were charged after the Newcastle game, failing to control our players, all of that nonsense. And we've been charged again for something that wasn't half as you know, prickly as, as what happened against Newcastle, which even that wasn't something that warranted an FA charge. This is a joke. It really, really is. And um, and some and people need to call it out. They do. Okay, guys, I will see you all later on. Uh, don't forget to join me tomorrow live. That's Friday at around about 12.30 p.m. lunchtime. I'll be joined by Mike Stavery to look ahead to the weekend's North London Derby. Until then, goodbye. I'm Martin Tyler. And you're listening to Harry Simmons.